Is there a desire in you to not just attend revival, but live in revival? Welcome to the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Saldivar. I've been in revival for the last 10 years, as well as traveling and being a part of many revivals throughout the United States. I'm going to be sharing with you how to live a radical lifestyle of revival on a daily basis. Many believers right now do not think that spiritual attacks are a real thing. And there's many of you in the chat that are listening that are in a spiritual attack, that have been under a demonic attack, whether that's witchcraft, whether that's attack at night, whether that's attack in the morning, an attack during the day. There is a spiritual assignment on the body of Christ, on the believer to kill, steal, and destroy. Spiritual attacks are a very real thing. So we're talking about spiritual attacks. And welcome everyone from TikTok. We're jumping on here on YouTube, or you can jump on YouTube but we're talking tonight about spiritual attacks because many pastors, many preachers do not believe that demons can attack people. Do not believe that spirits can attack people. Do not believe that witches, that warlocks can attack people. Now we know in Galatians, Paul said, who have you allowed to come and put witchcraft on you? So there was an eminent attack by the power of witchcraft that Paul describes had the church had come under. So you need to understand that many people do believe once you're a believer, there's no way the devil or a demon could attack you. So they battle spiritual attacks without using spiritual weapons so we live our lives not believing that the devil could actually attack us now if we don't believe the devil could attack us and by the way i'm wearing my new warrior shirt praise the lord if you don't believe the devil could attack us you will be un qualified and you'll be unequipped to fight back so i don't know what it is where the bible's constantly telling us that there will be attacks that there will be attacks where there will be attacks and there's never been a war ever and praise the lord we have 60 of you watching on tiktok there will never be there's never been a war in history where there was no attack if we are at war against the forces of darkness which you don't know your bible says that you are battling i know there's a lot of first-time people here but you are at war against the forces of darkness if you are a believer right now you're battling against the powers of the enemy against the powers of the air and what makes us think that we are invincible what makes us think that we're not going to be attacked in this warfare if the fact is that there is no war like many of us believe there is no battle then there and there is no attacks then what would the point of the armor of god be listen if we didn't have to battle and we'd have to go to war, then what is the point of having the armor of God? But Paul makes it clear in Ephesians 6, 13. Therefore, Paul says, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, after the battle, you will be standing firm. So Paul says, listen, there is a battle. There is a real devil. There are real demons. There are real things right now that are opposing you, that are opposing this broadcast, that are opposing the kingdom of God and Paul says we need defensive armor we need to be battle ready so that we're able to stand in the midst of the battle wait a minute Paul what are you talking about there's no such thing as a battle my pastor said that spiritual warfare is not real yes we're on TikTok hello everyone from TikTok you guys can jump on YouTube if you want the full the full audio and everything like that but there is a real battle despite what your leader says your pastor says the lukewarm neighbor says your co-worker says your aunt says your uncle says the Bible says that there is a battle that the body of Christ needs to have armor. Now remember, Paul is not talking to unbelievers. Paul's not telling unbelievers that they're wrestling not against flesh and blood, but against demons. Paul is not talking unbelievers to put on the armor of God. Paul is specifically, this is good preaching tonight, guys, addressing the body of Christ and saying that you are in a battle and you need to have the armor of God so that you can resist the enemy. So then after the battle, after the spiritual attack, 
you're going to be standing because here's the bottom line reality there are spiritual attacks and it's a very nice cute theology to think that there isn't any attacks that satan has no power that satan is weak but friend it's not scriptural it's only said by those that refuse to engage in spiritual warfare write this down the people that talk the most against deliverance are the ones that do it the least the loudest boos always come from the cheapest seats it's always those okay i know some of you are on tiktok are, I know all about deliverance and why do you command the demon to leave that way and why do you t command the demon to leave that way and don't the demons just leave right away everybody that comes against deliverance in a negative light or tries to teach deliverance in an unbiblical way have never actually done deliverance because you've actually casted out demons you would know the demons do not leave all the time immediately if you've ever casted out demons you would understand that screaming convulsing foaming at the mouth shaking rattling all the stuff people do vibrating these are all manifestations of demons according to scripture the bible says in the book of acts that they yelled loud or they screeched as they left their victims so it was a normal thing for people to scream on the top of their lungs as demons left now listen on tiktok in the last seven days we've gained 10 million new views of most of it is our deliverance content now we do have almost 2 million views on our preaching content but most of it came by deliverance content and here's why because the body of christ is incredibly weak right now because they're not willing to come against the powers of darkness but i want to speak over somebody that this spiritual attack will not keep you down it will not knock you down and some of you are going through spiritual attacks praise the lord we got 100 of you on tiktok you're going through spiritual attacks in your mind you're going through spiritual attacks in your marriage you're going through spiritual attacks which we're going to talk about tonight in at nighttime while you sleep you're being attacked by demonic powers maybe some of you are under a witchcraft attack or a curse is being put on you or someone has a voodoo doll and they're putting voodoo on you well guess what tonight we are going to break it by the power of the holy spirit and people are going to be delivered tonight some of you might get delivered while taking communion some of you might get delivered during the preaching some of you might get delivered at the end when we break these spiritual attacks but i need you to understand that spiritual attacks are real and and there's always going to be people around you that are going to tell you spiritual attacks aren't real spiritual warfare is just in your mind satan and his demons don't have any power not everybody have you guys heard this one type one not everybody's called to cast out demons not everybody's called to fight in this battle all those things sound really good but they go very opposite of what the bible teaches and here's the bottom line thing guys we need more people fighting not less people fighting and if we keep preaching there's no warfare there's no supernatural devil there's no power there's no demons then guess what we're drawing people out of the battle and instead of drawing people to battle and my call listen we just broke 2,000 viewers here my calling and my assignment in the body of Christ is to get those that are living on the sidelines and to call them to the front lines Christianity is not a cruise ship it is a battleship you have been called by God to go to war against Satan and his demons listen to me very closely you are at war right now against Satan and his demons Jesus already defeated the enemy but we still us and the angels according to revelation 12 are actively fighting the enemy we're fighting the enemy when the enemy rebelled the angels fought him god did not fight him because he's not in the same weight class but we are at war against the enemy in fact in first timothy 1 18 paul says timothy this i charge and commit to you according to the prophecies previously made concerning you that they meet that then by them you may wage and listen to what paul says by them you may wage a good warfare so he's commanding timothy 
to wage a good warfare. Wait, 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 Paul. We're not in a battle. We're not in a war. But you have to understand, Timothy, you are in a battle and you need to take these prophetic words and let them help you wage a good warfare. Somebody say wage a good warfare. There's many of us in the church, in the body of Christ that are waging a bad warfare. We are bad at war. We're bad at battle. And we're all talk, but when push comes to shove, we're nowhere to be found. We're not battling. We're not on the front lines. Praise the Lord. We just broke 2,000. Keep sharing this. We're not battling. We're not engaging. And I'm telling you, if you've ever been in deliverance ministry, if you've ever been on the front lines, you know we need everybody's help. I was on Sunday night in a service and we literally had, guys, I'm not exaggerating here, 20 to 30 people manifesting demons at once, screaming. Now, if you ask anybody what the room sounded like, type one of you were there it was people screaming all throughout the room it, it literally sounded like a movie people screaming all throughout the room and for some people it might freak them out but that's the normal that's the normal book of acts church they were casting out demons they were doing deliverance they were healing the sick they were preaching the gospel with power and demonstration and people were getting delivered from the power of the enemy now for about two hours we were casting out demons and we enlisted everybody we said look if you're on the deliverance map help us we we let the youth group go free because we had trained them that day in deliverance the pastors were laying hands it wasn't just isaiah saldivar it was everybody casting out demons laying hands on the sick and the kingdom of god was advancing and we're going to keep posting more videos in the coming days of some of those deliverances but i'm letting you know we have to be good at warfare we need to fight hard we need to fight strong and we need to take spiritual warfare serious because let me tell you what's at stake your family is at stake your marriage is at stake. Your finances are at stake. Your physical body and health is at stake because the devil, for some of you, thinks that you are his punching bag. He thinks that you are his Airbnb. He thinks that you are his dwelling place. And somebody needs to let the enemy know tonight that Satan, you have no power. And I'm looking just over here at TikTok. Praise the Lord, all you guys on here. But you need to let Satan know you have no power over me. You have no authority over me. You have to leave in Jesus' name. I am going to engage. I'm going to learn and I'm going to fight the powers of the enemy. Now, when a boxer or an MMA fighter or a football team is going to go against their opponent, they spend hours and hours and hours before the fight or before they, the match watching what's called play footage. So what they do is they watch their opponent at battle. They watch their opponent how they play so that they can effectively fight against their opponent. So they learn their weaknesses. They learn their strategies. They learn the openings and the downfalls falls and they spend hours studying what's called play footage so when they decide to attack the person or fight the person they'll have an advantage over them and what you need to understand is the devil has play footage on you the devil watches you the devil strategizes against you he sees your weaknesses he prowls around spying on you his demons are assigned to lurk you and to stalk you to see where he can find an inroad the bible says that the devil strategizes against us so I used to think like oh if you're a believer you can't get attacked at all and that's only for unbelievers but you have to understand the Bible makes it clear that Satan is strategizing against the body of Christ he has a military plan against the church so there is a boardroom right now and listen you might say why are you shouting why are you screaming and there's listen 115 of you on TikTok welcome praise the Lord why are you so serious because guys I know that we are in a war and there's too much at stake for me to calmly tell you how serious this is and I know that listen there's 20 
Well, with TikTok, there's 2,300, 2,200 of us in here, and we're plotting right now. We are strategizing right now against the powers of the enemy. And while we're strategizing tonight, and we're breaking down the ways he attacks us, he's also strategizing. He's also planning. He's also getting in a boardroom right now with his demons, figuring out how he's going to destroy you. There are demons assigned to destroy your life. And if you're ignorant to this, you will live subject to his power. Now, let me just say this. Some of you might say, well, the devil doesn't have power. He's weak, he's defeated, he's not real. Ignore him and he'll go away. That does nothing. Ignoring the devil doesn't cause him to leave. Resisting the enemy causes him to leave. This is an active verb. When he attacks us, we continue to resist him. So understand that they're lying in wait, waiting to launch an all-out attack on you. If we aren't aware, we're going to fall prey to his attacks. If we're not aware, we will not fight back spiritually. We're not talking about tonight, listen, being jumped on the streets. We're not talking about a robber breaking into your house. We're not talking about somebody getting in a fight with you at the grocery store. We are talking tonight about spiritual attacks. Now, many of you are undergoing spiritual attacks right now, and you have no clue that you have the power to fight back. Let me say that again. Many of you right now are under a spiritual attack and you don't realize that there is power and we are taking communion tonight. I got my, my, uh, my juice here that represents the blood. There is power in the blood of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the body of Christ. There is power in the place of prayer. There is power when we worship. There is power when we fast that we've been given power over the enemy. You've been given authority. Jesus said, I'm going to give you authority. And in my name, in my authority, you're going to drive out demons. So you have to know, is the devil powerful? Yes, but you've been given power to overthrow him and to resist spiritual attacks. Second Corinthians 2 11, lest Satan should have an advantage over us, we should not be ignorant of his schemes. So does the Bible command us to know the strategies and the attacks of the enemy? Is what Isaiah even talking tonight biblical? Absolutely. Paul warns the church in Corinth. If you don't know the enemy's schemes, if you're ignorant to the way he attacks, if you're ignorant to his plans, Satan automatically gets an advantage over me and I don't need the enemy having an advantage over me. Now schemes, which is the word Paul uses in the Greek mean his thoughts, his purposes, or the mind of somebody. So the Bible is saying this, we should not be ignorant, listen to this, this is good preaching, to the way that the devil thinks, the purposes of the devil, so what is the devil thinking, what are his purposes, and how does the devil attack? Paul says, you need to know all three of those. You need to know what is the mind of the enemy, what is the purpose of the enemies, and how does the devil attack the believer? We need to know this. If we don't know this, Paul, what is going to happen? And Paul says, let me tell you, you are going to be in a disadvantageous position over the enemy. Well, I'm a believer, I have the blood, I have the power, that's great. You can have all that and Satan still have an advantage over you because you're ignorant. Now, what does ignorance mean? Now, I know many of you say, why doesn't my pastor do deliverance? Why doesn't most preachers do deliverance? And why is it casting out demons is rare? Now, you watch the videos of us casting out demons. You're like, I know this is biblical. I know this is Christianity because it's all throughout the book of Acts. It's all throughout the Gospels. But why is it not happening? Let me tell you the number one reason. Ignorance. Now, it's. I know it sounds harsh to say, your pastor's ignorant or you're ignorant. All ignorance means is not being aware of something, not knowing something. And so believers, God told me one day, 
I was so frustrated. Lord, am I the only one doing deliverance? And who else? And God says, Isaiah, don't be angry or frustrated at the church. Understand that they are ignorant. Now, there's many of them doing deliverance that we don't know about. And there's many of you on the map. And we're raising up a warrior type of Christian. And my shirt literally says warrior, spiritual warrior, demons fear me. I mean, I'm literally wearing a shirt that says warrior. Because we're raising up spiritual warriors. But you need to understand something about what we're doing. Ignorance is still more prevalent than knowledge or revelation. And so because the church at large is ignorant, why people think it's so crazy when we talk about casting out demons, you have to understand something. We are living in a disadvantage right now. As the body of Christ corporately, we are at a massive disadvantage because churches refuse to study their opponent's play footage. See, the devil is watching how we fight, how we war. He's looking at your triggers. Where are your weaknesses? What triggers you to get on that pornographic website? What triggers you to argue with your wife? What triggers you to abuse your children? What triggers you to cause division in the church? He watches your play footage. He watches your life. He spies on you. And then he attacks at the right moment. Now the church, we refuse to watch the play footage of the enemy. We refuse to learn how does the devil attack? How does the devil move? And where are the weaknesses? Oh, we should do a whole video on the weaknesses of the enemy. Not only what is our weaknesses to the enemy, but have you ever heard a message? I haven't on the weaknesses of Satan's kingdom, right? Like what are his weaknesses and how do we overthrow Satan's kingdom? Deliverance is when we overthrow the kingdom of darkness. So you have to understand that this is biblical. Paul commands us the church of Corinth, which is now we are the church. We are the ones that read this and take an example from it. Paul commands us to not be ignorant of the thoughts, the purposes, and the intentions of the enemy. So you need to know how the enemy functions, how he strategizes. I have to know this because here's the deal. I got four little girls that are growing up in the, in the worst generation spirit spiritually that's ever existed. The devil is raging right now in our generation. The devil has launched an all-out attack and we've refused to oppose him. And so I have to learn his strategies so that I can properly war for my children. Hosea 4.6 says, my people are destroyed. Come on, share the broadcast. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. So you have to understand not knowing, he says, my people are destroyed because they just don't know. And this is what we spent the last since January, 2020, training you guys and equipping you guys and teaching you guys so that you can know. Now, this is the only the second, and we're not even really teaching on deliverance tonight, but only the second spiritual warfare training we've done all year long on a Friday night. But I'm telling you, we have to stay vigilant and training the body of Christ because understand you will be destroyed by not knowing. Now, a spiritual attack is a coordinated event by Satan. This is not something that's random. You don't accidentally get spiritually attacked. Spirit, you don't trip into a spiritual attack. Spiritual attacks, could a believer be spiritual attack? Yes, we already know, or else there would be no armor. But spiritual attacks are coordinated, okay? You need to know this. They are planned out. They are rehearsed, and then they are launched against you. So when you're under a spiritual attack, when the enemy is attacking you spiritually, these demons have already planned this out. They've already prepared this because, they, again, they've been studying you. They've been watching you, and that's why I'm going to show you later how the Bible says we need to be careful that we don't give the devil room in our lives because the devil, if we give him an inch, he will take a mile. So you have to understand when you come under a spiritual attack or... When the devil attacks, his goal is to remain undetected. 
He does not want you to recognize. Now listen to this closely. He doesn't want you to recognize it as a spiritual attack. So the devil doesn't attack you at night, doesn't attack you in your marriage, doesn't attack in your kids and say, okay, by the way, this is a demonic attack. He doesn't do that because he knows if you knew it was, you would war against it. So the devil's goal is to remain undetected in spiritual battle, in spiritual attacks. That's why many of you right now that are on TikTok, many of you that are on Facebook, many of you are on the YouTube, say, how did I have a demon for 60 years, which I've dealt with people who had demons for over 60 years, or 10 years, or five years, and never know it was there? Because the devil is one professional hide and seek, but number two, he tries to remain undetected. That's his goal. So what does he do? He tries to make you think, well, this is not a spiritual attack, this is just life, or this happened by chance, or there's, it's not a big deal, it's just something that happened because of a job or because of a marriage, because what he wants you to realize and think is that you can't fend off or fight off his spiritual attacks because you don't even believe there's an attack happening. I mean, imagine somebody jumping you and not even fighting back and people saying, why didn't you fight back when you got jumped? And you saying, I didn't get jumped but you have bruises all over you, you have a bloody nose and a black eye, and there's footage of you getting jumped. But because you're in denial, you couldn't fight back because you didn't understand you were getting jumped. Now the demons are jumping us spiritually, they're attacking us spiritually, they're warring against us spiritually, and we're saying, well, that's just life. That's just the way things are. And the devil's laughing at us, remaining undetected. Spiritual attacks are like submarines. They dwell beneath the surface of what the eye can see in the invisible realm. But just because you can't see the attacks with your eyes does not mean they are any less real. You have to understand that just because you can't see it, uh, submarines go undetected beneath the surface and the spiritual realm is beneath the surface of what you see and a person under spiritual attack usually doesn't realize they're under attack they usually can't identify it so they're uneffective at warring against it now there's one thing to be going through something it's another thing to be going through something and not know what you're going through because what you're going through is actually a demonic attack many of you right now are going through anxiety and going through depression and going through fear, but you don't recognize that it's a spiritual attack. So understand that in this battle, we are going against spirits, not humans, because the Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, or, or better translations, we don't wrestle against bodies, but we wrestle against people with no bodies. So these are invisible entities. The Bible says, not Isaiah, that we are warring against, not in the natural, not in the physical. This is spiritual in the supernatural realm. That's why the Bible says that our weapons are mighty through God for the pulling down stronghold. We're fighting with supernatural weapons. You are armed and dangerous in God's kingdom. And in fact, Isaiah 40, 54, 17 says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Now the word formed, very important, and this is all the way the enemy attacks and strategies that understand this unseen battle we're in. The word formed means to custom make. It means to tailor something. So if you went to go get a wedding dress and they tailored the wedding dress to fit your body, that would that's the same word. They're tailor making, they're customizing it. So that's actually literally what the word means. So what this verse is saying is is that Satan has made custom weapons against you. He's making them according to your weaknesses and according to your strengths. So no custom weapon made against you shall prosper. Now it doesn't say that weapons won't be formed against you. It says the enemy is going to use weapons. 
He's going to attack with those weapons, but they're not going to prosper in the fact that they're not going to defeat you. Now, this goes back and it connects to what Paul said about the armor of God. He said, if you have the armor of God, the devil will attack and there will be a battle. But guess what's going to happen after the battle? He said, you're going to be able to withstand the battle. So you need to know when it comes to spiritual attacks and the reason why you're saying, why does nobody else get attacked this way and I get attacked this way? Because the devil is custom making weapons right now. He's making a custom weapon to attack you. So what he uses against me is different than what he uses against you. So it's crucial you not only know Satan's weapons and tools, but also write this down. You need to understand your weaknesses because there is grave danger when you think you're stronger than you really are. The Bible says, whoa, the mighty have fallen and pride. The Bible says comes before the fall. And the moment you think you're exempt from spiritual attacks is the moment pride has set in. Satan will use weapons of fear against the church to keep us idle and muzzled. And the word fear is false evidence that appears real. So for example, the fact that you don't think you're called to deliver people is false evidence that you think is real. The fact that pastors don't believe that we could be attacked is false evidence that appears real. That's the essence of fear. So the devil uses the spirit of fear to convince the church that what is wrong is right. In other words, the battle's not real. I'm not actually attacking you. It's all in your head. It's all in your mind. It's just bad dreams. It's just sleep paralysis. It's just this or that. And he tries to scientifically write this down, explain away spiritual attacks. But here's the deal. Science cannot solve spiritual attacks. It cannot deliver you. It cannot break you out. You must use supernatural battle weapons. So we're pointing our weapons tonight against the enemy. You need to understand that you do have power over him. You do have authority over him. He has to listen to your commands, but if you don't believe in that authority, if you don't exercise the authority, if you don't put your faith in Christ, what good is your authority? So what you need to understand about spiritual attacks as well is write this down is that God has Satan on a leash. God is sovereign over Satan. The devil does not have free reign in your life. He's on a leash so that he can only do what God permits him to do. He actually has to get permission before he's allowed to mess with you. In Luke 22, 31, as in the case with Simon Peter, Jesus says, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has asked to have you that he might sift you like wheat. So Satan came to Jesus in the New Testament and asked permission to sift Simon. In the case of Job, Job 2.6, the Lord said to Satan, behold, Job is in your hand, only spare his life. And so the enemy came to God and basically said, I want to mess with Job. I've been traveling around and there's no one more righteous than Job. And the only reason why Job serves you is because you blessed him and give them stuff. Can I have permission to mess with him? And I'll prove to you that he's not in this for the right reasons. God basically tells um, the enemy, go ahead and mess with Job, but spare his life. You can do anything you want to him, but do not kill him. And so God removed the hedge of protection that was around Job and God gave the enemy legal right or jur- jurisdiction to attack Job in the sense of Job at the end of the story would get 10 times back what he had, but God would, God would use this attack to test Job. So sometimes spiritual attacks are a way of testing us. Now, did Jesus tell the devil that he couldn't have Peter? No, he allowed the enemy to sift Peter. And he said, Peter, I'm praying for you. Why? Because when we get attacked spiritually, the Lord will allow it 
to strengthen us. He will allow it to test us. And in fact, the, God will allow these things to happen so that we can grow in our faith. God has given us all a certain hedge around us where Satan, how many know, cannot just kill us. But he does have some level of power to attack us spiritually or to penetrate the hedge that God will allow him to come through that hedge. But as far as killing us, listen, if Satan could kill me, he would have done it when I drive every morning to take my daughter to school. Okay, I drive an hour and a half every single day. And if he could kill me, he would have killed me a year ago. He would have killed me the day I got saved. He doesn't have the power to kill you. So there's a limited amount of power. Why? Because God has Satan on a leash. So evidently God sees the ongoing role of Satan as essential for what he's doing in the world. Now, if God wanted to, he can throw Satan in the lake of fire right now instead of waiting till the end of the age. But Revelation 20:10 says the devil who had deceived them was thrown in the lake of fire and will be tormented day and night forever and ever because his his job on the earth is not done yet. The Bible says he's a ruler of the air. He's the God of this world. And the Bible says the entire world is under Satan's power. So his complete defeat is coming but it's not done yet. So some people preach the devil has no power. He's been defeated. The devil's power has been defeated, but his presence has been defeated. So he do ha does have still a level of power. And as of now, write this down. God is allowing the enemy to attack, persecute, and reign in a certain degree of power on the earth. Because again, the Bible says he's the God of this world, according to scripture. Now, could God strip him of all his power right now? Absolutely, but for whatever reason, God sees it fit that the enemy is actually allowed to attack us. So do not think that because you're being spiritually attacked, you're backslidden. Do not think it's only because you're in sin. And I've thought this for years. Well, it's only if there's an open door, it's only sin. But what I'm starting to realize is it's not only just an open door or only sin, but the enemy has power to attack us even when there's not an open door for the meaning of strengthening us. What did Paul say? He said, Lord, would you remove this messenger of Satan from me? And God told Paul three times, no, 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 because the weaker you are, the stronger I am. So God will allow certain persecution. Now, I believe, along with many other people, that the messengers of Satan were the people that were persecuting Paul. I do not believe, let me just say it for the record, I do not believe that Paul was asking for deliverance from a demon and God was saying, no, Paul, I don't want to deliver you because God's word says he came to set us free. So he wants to deliver us. So it wasn't like, oh, I want you to be demonized. So understand right now, you're not demonized because God wants you to. You're demonized because nobody's told the demons to leave. What most people believe and what I believe was the messengers of Satan were actually the people that were buffeting or were attacking Paul or were persecuting Paul. Well, how do you know? Because how many times did Paul get stoned? How many times did Paul get whipped? How many times did Paul get beaten with rods? Paul died and right outside of Lystra, Paul got raised from the dead. So you're going to see this over and over and over, Paul getting attacked and Paul said, Lord, will you deliver me from these people? They're persecuting me. You could just remove them. And God says, no, because it keeps you weak. Remember, God allowed persecution because persecution does not snuff out the church. It actually grows the church. So one of the lies that you have to stop believing is that Satan is weak. 
Friend, the devil is not weak. In fact, the Bible makes it clear the enemy is strong. He's been weakened by God, but he's not weak. And this is the first truth you need to understand. Satan is our enemy and his followers, his demons, because remember, the Bible says the devil's the prince of demons. So these demons are his followers. You need to understand that they have a strategy to defeat you. First Peter 5, 8 says your adversary. So now we know that you have an enemy. Okay, so it's not just something I'm telling you. Your adversary, your opponent, your enemy, the person you're going to get in the octagon with, the devil. So now he says, listen, you have an enemy. He's the devil, and he walks about like a roaring lion. Now, I know people preach, and I've preached before. He acts like a lion, but he's not. But notice the verbiage. He doesn't say he walks around like a roaring house cat or a roaring mouse. He says he walks around, and the only way I could describe his power, his fierceness, his destruction, the way he devours people is when you go see a lion devouring a gazelle, ripping it to pieces, stealing it, from it, killing it and destroying it, ripping its family apart. He's, Peter says, the only way I can describe it is Satan's like that, okay? I know people preach, and I've, I've preached it wrong before, that he acts like a lion, but he's not really strong, he's weak. No, Peter says, the only way I can describe how powerful the devil is, because if you don't think he's powerful, you're gonna live your life subject to him, is he's like that roaring, powerful lion, seeking someone to eat, seeking somebody to devour. So if you ever watched National Geographic, and you see a lion chasing fiercely after its prey, he goes, in the spirit realm, that's the devil after you. So you have to understand, the devil hates you and has a plan to destroy you. Now, why is it important? Now, listen closely, okay? Because I already know all you religious people are starting to log off, and you're like, well, we we shouldn't say the devil's powerful. Why is it important that you know this? And I'm going to tell you why. Because when you realize how powerful he is, you'll stop sleeping with him, okay? Yes, I said it. When you realize how powerful he is, you will stop indulging with him. You'll stop watching movies that glorify him. You'll stop doing things that bring honor to him. You'll stop doing things that open doors to him. Now, the reason why, oh man, Brother Isaiah, you're preaching good. Someone needs to do a backflip. The reason why you're okay with watching movies that glorify Satan, the reason why you're okay opening doors to Satan The reason why you're unscathed and you think it's no big deal to do demonic stuff is because you don't realize how powerful he is and you don't realize he wants to kill you. So you're okay with it because your pastor says, oh, the devil's weak. Don't worry about watching witchcraft movies. Don't worry about going to mediums. Don't worry about doing horoscopes and enneagrams. Don't worry about none of that because the devil's not powerful. So if that's my theology, the devil's not powerful, I could do whatever I want. I could watch what I want. I can drink what I want. I can do what I want. Why? Because the devil's weak. So why do I, what do I, what am I fighting against? He's a weak enemy. So here's what we do. We underestimate our opponent, and then when we go to war against him, we get crushed to the ground because we're 120 pounds fighting in a 250-pound weight class. Are you guys hearing me? Type 1 if you're hearing me. Because we've underestimated the enemy. We think the devil's not powerful. And like an army going into battle, they're going into battle with weapons that are not up to par with their enemy's weapons. They get defeated. The reason why the church is defeated right now is because they have underestimated the power of darkness. Isaiah, I still don't believe you. Okay, let's look at all the ministers that have fallen. Let's look at in the last year, how many famous preachers have fallen to sexual sin. You tell me, because I can name a bunch. I won't name their names, but I could go ahead and name a, a list of people. Why? Why is it that ministers fall? Let me tell you why. Because they underestimate 
the power of the enemy. Let me tell you why. I'm not up there watching pornography. I'm not messing around on the internet. I'm going to tell you why. Because I know the power of the enemy and whatever I'm doing online eventually is going to go offline. So you want to know what these ministers do? They start by watching pornography. They start by texting somebody else they shouldn't text or messaging women or doing this or doing that. Why? Because they think that they can handle it because they preach and teach the devil's not active and the devil's not powerful. But when you understand how powerful the enemy is that he wants to devour you, guess what? I'm not going near that pornography. I'm not going near. I'm not messaging. I'm not texting. I'm not giving my number out to women. I'm not, I'm not, I won't, you can't touch me with a 10 foot pole. You're not going to catch me alone. I'm not doing deliverance on women by myself. I won't be in the room with a woman by myself. I won't give my number out. I've had women pastors come to me, travel hours and say, can I get your number? No, you can't get my number. You want my wife's number? You can't get my number. Here's why. Because I know how strong the enemy is and I know what it takes to open a door and how easily he comes in. But again, when we preach a weak devil, we underestimate his power. Now, John 10, 10 says that Satan's plan is to steal, kill, and destroy. So first he wants to steal the eternal significance in your life. He wants to get you wrapped up in your circumstances. He wants you to think that he's no threat to you. The devil just goes, I'm no big deal. Now, who, oh, I feel the fire of God. I'm just going to say it the way I feel it because listen, it's my stream. If you didn't know, my name's on top of things so I can say whatever I want. I don't need your pastor's permission to say this. Who do you think is influencing pastors and leaders to make you think the devil's not real? Who do you think is behind the sermons that preach the devil can't do anything, the devil's weak, and the devil has no power, and demons aren't real? Who do you think's behind that? The devil himself. The devil wants you, and he's mad as I say this. Some of you are going to manifest as I say this. The devil doesn't want you to think he's strong because he doesn't even want you to think he's real so that you wouldn't war against him. So this is demonic because the Bible makes it clear he wants to steal. Then listen, if you don't fight him, you're no threat to him. But understand those that are warring against him are a massive threat. The enemy's trying to steal the plan of God out of your life. And not only that, secondly, he wants to kill you. No one's ever told you this on Sunday morning, but the devil, come on, share this broadcast. The devil wants you dead. His ultimate desire is to kill you with you having no relationship with God, but he can't kill you without God's permission. So he'll tell you to do it for him. Many people I deal with have very serious thoughts of suicide and they're convinced suicide is the only way out. Why do they think that? Because the devil can't kill them, so he tries to get them to kill themselves. Others think my marriage is worthless, it's hopeless, and the devil whispers, just divorce your husband. Just divorce your wife. Now, let me say something to you. If you have a, a husband or wife that's unsaved, that is not legal grounds to get a divorce. And let me rebuke a bunch of you ladies up in here that are married, that are giving your number out to people in our community and people in our chat and people in this broadcast. I literally know there's married women right now in this broadcast, husbands are not saved, and you're up there texting, chatting, and messaging single men. Wrong. That is wrong. That is unbiblical. Just because your husband isn't saved, you don't divorce him. Just because your wife isn't saved, you don't divorce her. You live a life that is an example that you might bring them to Christ. So you should not be giving out your number if you're married. Hello, somebody. It's getting quiet up in here. You should not be giving out your number if you're married. You need to be careful because the enemy wants to take advantage over you. And so he wants to tell you your marriage is beyond repair. It's hopeless just divorce. 
And some, some people, they think, well, I was just born this way. So these physical problems, these issues, I'm never going to solve it. So understand the devil wants to destroy, kill you and destroy your relationships. The devil is bent to destroy your marriage. So stop texting people in the community. Stop texting people on the broadcast. Stop messaging people that you're not married to. You have no business. You're giving room for the enemy. The enemy is looking for a place. He's looking for a spot. We need to be aware of the battle that we are in. First thing you need to understand is there is a spiritual war, which we've already talked about. You need to be equipped for the battle, which we've spent hours and hours doing, and you need to be ready to help other people. This battle is not just about us. It's about other people. Other people are waiting on you to catch this. Other people are waiting on you to learn deliverance. Other people are waiting on you to engage in the spiritual battle and to war on their behalf, because many of you have lots of Christian friends that need you to fight on their behalf, that need you to war on their behalf, that need you to fight for them. And believe me, if the devil attacked Jesus, us, the devil is going to try to attack you. If the devil brought Jesus and, and was came to him while he was weak and while he was tired, he's going to try to attack you. Now, I know people are afraid of dealing with Satan. They're afraid of dealing with his works. Don't talk about this. Don't talk about that. But I'm telling you, why? Because maybe if we talk about it in the church, we'll actually have to deliver people. Let me tell you one of the main reasons, and we're just going strong tonight, why pastors and leaders don't want to talk about deliverance don't want to do, don't want to talk about spiritual warfare because they know if we start talking about deliverance, we're going to actually have to put work in. We're actually going to have to spend time and energy ministering to hurting broken people. And we're not going to be able to golf at our favorite country club every weekend. We're not going to be able to have our barbecue outreaches. I'm not going to be able to watch my Monday night football. I'm not going to be able to play my video games. I'm not going to be able to live my life normal and then show up on Sunday morning, preach, and then live however I want. It's going to infringe on my golfing schedule and my football schedule. But friend, you have to understand and all all the pastors that want to tell me, oh, you shouldn't be casting out demons. All I could say to you is you keep golfing on the weekends. I'm going to keep driving up demons on the weekends because there is a real spiritual battle going on and we need to stop preaching against the Bible. When we preach these things, we are preaching against the Bible. We're preaching against scripture. So you need to understand that it is in God's plan for you to fight the enemy. The spirit of God led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Now, why would the Holy Spirit lead Jesus to have a direct confrontation with the enemy? Because the Bible says in 1 John, the reason why he came was to destroy the works of the enemy. So Jesus did not just come to be on the earth and preach for a few years. He came to confront the enemy. So you need to know it's healthy to understand that we are at war and that there are spiritual attacks. Okay, here's what I want to do. Now that you know, you have more of an understanding of spiritual attacks, I want to go through... There's, there's hundreds, okay? But I'm only gonna go through a couple of different types of spiritual attacks. Number one spiritual attack I wanna talk about is spiritual attacks at nighttime. Write that down, nighttime attacks. And this is the most common time and the most common place where you will come under spiritual attack. Isaiah Saldivar, okay? Do you come under attack at night? You've gotten delivered. You're living, for all my knowledge, I'm living holy. I'm not actively sinning. I'm not engaging in sin. I'm not willfully sinning. Do we all sin? Absolutely, we've all fallen short. But right now in my life, I'm not doing anything intentionally to open up spiritual doors. And I can say that honest before God and before you guys, I'm living a pure life. But at the same time, there are times where I still come under spiritual attacks while I sleep. Now, listen closely. I have two options. I could say number one, which I know preachers do, 
it's not spiritual, it's natural, it's because I ate bad lunch meat, I ate bad pizza, or I watched a bad movie, it's just natural. Or I can understand, I'm a general in the army of God, and the devil hates me, and the devil does attack. So do you need, and I'm convinced of this, a demon in you to get attacked at night? No. Remember, a spiritual attack is a calculated, planned attack that the enemy launches against the believer. He's been planning this ahead of time, He's been watching you and he's looking for an opportune moment. Now the devil knows for many of you, he cannot attack you in the day. So he waits until nighttime to attack you. And what you must know is that when you're sleeping, write this down, your spirit does not go to sleep. Your soul does not go to sleep. So you're still awake spiritually. Now Samson is a perfect example of this. In the daytime, Samson was untouchable. In the daytime, Samson was invincible. But once Delilah finds out his secret, Remember, she already knows his weakness, and although she knows his weakness, she still has to wait until Samson falls asleep before she can go ahead and attack Samson. Because the spirit of Delilah, which I'll be doing a broadcast soon on the spirit of Delilah, the spirit of Delilah attacks while you sleep. That is one nighttime demon that attacks people at night. She waits until you go to bed, and it's when you fall asleep she attacks. In Matthew 13, the Bible says the farmer sows good seed, and when the farmer goes to sleep, the enemy comes in and sows bad seed. Matthew 26, 41, he said, keep watch and pray so that you'll not give into temptation but for the spirit is willing but the body is weak and the bible says when jesus came back the disciples were sleeping why it's because the enemy comes at night peter you already know the devil's targeting you peter i've already told you the devil has a target on you and all you need to do to be able to withstand the spiritual attacks is to stay awake that's all you need to do is you need to stay awake and not be sleeping so the disciples fell asleep and we find out that they all scattered once jesus died because instead of praying they were sleeping now many of you have dealt with sleep paralysis i did a video on this recently so i won't go into great detail but you say isaiah is sleep paralysis spiritual or is it physical now i know some of you are going to try to quote the article you read about how the scientific theory is when you wake up in the middle of the night and you're in a dream and you're in that REM sleep and you're in the middle of a dream but your body's sleeping but you wake up into your own body and you can't control it and then all of a sudden that sleep paralysis there's a weight on your chest friend Tell me how much sense this doesn't make. You're telling me that because I woke up, this is what scientists say, okay? All those that believe sleep paralysis is just scientific. You're telling me because I woke up while I'm dreaming, now I'm seeing demons in my room, now something's sitting on my chest, now I'm being constricted, now I can't breathe. No, it is a spiritual attack. The world is always going to try to find a natural way to explain a supernatural attack. Obviously, scientists are not going to say, oh, it's a demon attacking you at night, yet... You see the demon, you hear the demon, you know the demon's there, and here's what's crazy. The only word you can't say is the name of Jesus. Now, if it was a natural attack, why can't you say the name of Jesus? Why is it you can say every other word? Because it's not a natural attack, it's a spiritual attack. So the world also tries to explain generational curses. What do they say? Oh, that's just hereditary. It runs in your family. That's, that's the world's way of saying you're under a generational curse. So you need to understand that some of these things the world says may be true, but there's no language for them to explain the supernatural. So a spiritual attack, a demon attacking somebody, 
Well, they'll never admit it. So they just say, oh, it's when you wake up during a dream. Yet it's not scientifically proven. It's not, it's not been tested. Somebody waking up and then having it in them saying, oh, we tested your brain. You were awake while you're dreaming. No, it's made up because they're trying to make you think that demons are not real. Do you guys see? How the devil's working overtime to conceal his attacks. Now, do I believe everything's demonic? No, I don't, but I do believe this. 2 Corinthians 4.18, that the unseen realm is more real than the seen realm. And what is happening in the unseen realm, the Bible says, is more real than the natural. And Paul says that to set your eyes on the unseen realm, not the seen realm. So the Bible says, where should our focus be? 2 Corinthians 4.18, our focus needs to be on the unseen realm. I preached on this on Sunday night, and I will be posting that sermon very, very soon. The unseen realm is the real realm because the eternal realm will never pass away, but the temporary realm will pass away. That's where our focus. Now, let me answer another question here. Many of you, yeah, 2 Corinthians 14, someone just posted it. Many of you say, well, Brother Isaiah, why is it, and type one, if this is you, maybe not all of you, why is it that I always get attacked and when I wake up, it's three o'clock in the morning? Type one, if you always get attacked at three o'clock in the morning, and this is what witches believe, okay? I'm not saying this is biblical. I'm letting you know what they believe, and I've gotten attacked countless times at three o'clock in the morning, but here's what they believe. Witches call, this is witches, they call three to four a.m. Okay, there's hundreds of ones flying through the chat. They call three to four a.m. the witching hour, and this is the time of the night, this is what witches believe, when the barrier between the physical realm and the spiritual realm is at its thinnest point, and this allows guides, spiritual guides, and spirits to seamlessly travel between the two worlds and visit people. That's from a witch's website, not a Christian website. That's what the witches believe. So the witches believe, and when they practice witchcraft, they believe between three and four in the morning. Now, is that true? I don't know. It could be true. I don't know. But here's what I will say. Because they believe it's true, the greatest hour, and you can ask witches, warlocks. I have people I know that we're in, we're in the satanic movement. We're in witchcraft. We're in sorcery. They'll tell you this. The greatest hour of witchcraft, in other words, the most witchcraft happening at, at any time during the time in the world is at three o'clock in the morning. So in the United States, three o'clock in the morning, whatever time zone you're in, the all whether this is true or not, all the witches are doing all their concoctions, all their incantations, all their spells, all their witchcraft, because that's the most powerful moment to be able to have spirits pass through from the natural realm to the spiritual realm. That's what witches believe. And that's why many people say at two in the morning, at three in the morning. When I go into cities and I'm preaching, oftentimes I get attacked at night. I've had demons attack me in other states and tell me to go home. We don't want to hear you. So when I go and travel, I'm prepared to fend off spiritual attacks. I go into cities prayed up. I'm going into territories, remember, and I'm challenging demonic forces because what did Paul say? This is all in your Bible. Paul says, we preach to principalities. Principalities are high-level demons that rule over regions. And Paul says, when we preach, we preach to principalities. So don't think you're just going to walk into a city or walk into a territory and the devil's just going to not do anything. You're going to have to be ready for spiritual attack. I walk in ready. I oftentimes do. I wouldn't say often, but I would say 50% of the time I get attacked at night when I'm in hotels going to battle and I've encountered demons at night. I've encountered spirits, principalities, and powers telling me we don't want you here because I'm in their territory and I'm going to fight against them. And that is the, that's just the byproduct of being in spiritual battle. 
Now, many of you are dealing with nightmares. Think, listen to this. The word nightmare is derived from the old English word mare, which means this is not Christian. This is a secular definition, which means a mythological demon or a goblin who torments people with frightening dreams. The actual word nightmare is a mythological demon that attacks at night. And how often do you say, I just had a nightmare? I just had a nightmare. Yet many people don't believe demons could attack at night. Absolutely, the number most most common way you get attacked is at night. And you need to understand there's power in the name of Jesus. If you're getting attacked at night, you need to get the word out. You need to get the name out. There is power in the name of Jesus. Now, let me just give you a couple practical ways, okay? For those of you that are being attacked at night, a, a couple practical ways that you could fight off night demons. You can fight off night spiritual attacks. Number one is by putting the armor of God on before bed. You need to pray this every night before bed. I'm telling you, this will change your life. You need to also pray before bed. I do this every night. I just say this quick prayer. I break every assignment. I break every strategy and I break every plan of the enemy by the blood of Jesus with the power. I just pray against the attacks. It takes you 30 seconds. And this way, as I'm about to go to sleep, I'm breaking satanic structures. I'm breaking satanic assignments. I'm breaking satanic strategies, okay? Another thing you need to do is be careful what you watch or listen to before bed. Do not watch horror movies, period, okay? Period. I don't know why you think it's okay to watch horror movies and let alone before you go to bed and you wonder why you're having demonic dreams. Do not watch horror movies. Let me say another thing that's gonna help you. Be very careful, and I would say don't, watch crime documentaries or crime shows before bed because that will be an open door in your imagination i'm not saying it's going to open a door to a demon but that will in your imagination cause you to have nightmares i remember a long time ago i was watching the first 48 hours okay i have a background in going to college for law enforcement and so i'm a nerd i like i like watching it and i was watching it before bed having horrific dreams and i realized Maybe I'm having bad dreams, not from a demon, but because I'm watching crime documentaries, okay? The first 48 hours before bed. You shouldn't be, you probably honestly shouldn't be watching that period, but you definitely shouldn't be watching it before bed because that is also an open door in your imagination. Um, another thing you can do is playing the audio Bible while you sleep or fill your mind with the word of God. Psalms 91.5 says, you will not fear the terror of the night nor the arrow that flies by day. Jeremiah 31.26 says, at this I awoke and looked and my sleep was pleasant to me. Proverbs 3.24 says, if you lie down, you're not going to be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep is going to be sweet. So if you're having spiritual attacks at night, you need to make sure you're quoting these. Make sure that you're praying these. Make sure you put your audio Bible on so you can fend yourself off. Now, we've already done videos on demons in your house. If there's demons in your house, they will have access to attack you at night. You need to go watch on YouTube our video on getting demons out of your house. I'll teach you in that video how to make sure there's no demons in your home. Okay, this is a very important one for overcoming night attacks. Okay, we're gonna go quick through the rest and then we're gonna take communion. So hang with us because we're still doing communion tonight. This is very important if you don't want to be attacked spiritually at night. Very, very important. Make sure that you have no drama, ought, or anger with your spouse. Oh, somebody needs to write that down. Let me show you this. Ephesians 4.26 says, be angry and do not sin. Now listen to this. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give a place to the devil. Wait a minute. Listen to the way Paul connects this. He says, don't let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give room or a spot or a place for the devil. So here's what Paul was saying. When you go to bed with anger or angry at your husband or wife, 
there's a chance that you'll wake up with a third person in your bed named the devil. Why? Because Paul is saying anger gives the devil a spot to dwell with you. So make sure that you take care of any anger, any wrath, any bitterness, any unforgiveness you have with people, especially your spouse, because anger gives a devil the spot to dwell with you. If you want to give the devil a written invitation to sleep in your bed, to dwell in your life, just be angry. It gives room for the enemy. Now, if you're married and you've never had a 2 a.m. conversation, you need to learn how to have these. And that means we're not going to bed until we figure this out, okay? We don't go to bed angry. We don't go to bed mad at each other because we're not going to give an open door to the enemy. Okay, the next way the enemy spiritually attacks us is through temptation. Demons oftentimes will attack you in the area of the flesh. They will try to drag you away and entice you with fleshly carnal desires, whether it's something as simple as breaking a fast or engaging in sexual sin. Now, this is the way the devil tempted Jesus. He came knowing Jesus was hungry. After 40 days of fasting, he knew Jesus was hungry, and he said, turn these stones into bread. He tempted Jesus in the flesh, and the devil will use the same tactic today. After he tempted Jesus in the flesh, he, he made him question his identity. He said, if you are the Son of God, if you are the Son of God, so the devil wants to bring fleshly temptation to you. So when you're being tempted in the flesh, a temptation to either break a fast, to do something sexual, to give into a desire of the flesh, you might be under a spiritual coordinated attack and you need to recognize this is the devil tempting me. Write this down. God will never tempt me to sin. God will allow me to be tempted, but God is not going to tempt me to sin. So if you're being tempted to sin, it's not from God. It's from the enemy. God will oftentimes allow it, but it's the devil that drags us away and that tempts us, that causes us to doubt the identity of God, that causes us to doubt the word of God. And so you need to understand Jesus overcame the temptation. How do I overcome this spiritual attack? The spiritual attack of temptation can only be overcome by the word of God. You do not escape the, the spiritual attack of temptation by getting rid of a laptop, a cell phone, or your old connections number. You overcome it with the sword of the spirit. That's the spoken word of God. You're never going to write this down. You're never going to defeat the enemy if you don't know the scripture. So the word of God is our weapon. Our words are the way that we wield the sword of the spirit and we fight against the enemy. Demons will oftentimes try to think, to get you to think it's okay to live a reckless life because if you look at the second temptation of um, Satan, it was to tell Jesus to jump off the pinnacle of the temple and he used the Bible saying, if you jump off, the angels will catch you. So he took a scripture out of context to try to tell Jesus it was okay to live recklessly because the Bible says God will protect you. Guys, we need to use wisdom. Just because the Bible says God will give us divine protection doesn't mean that we go drink poison thinking that God will protect us. We need to use wisdom and not use scriptures out of context to be able to live recklessly. And I know some of you do that with drugs, with drinking. You literally have scriptures in your arsenal that tell you why it's okay to drink, it's okay to do drugs. And you need to be very, very, very careful about this because the devil will do this. Okay, spiritual attack number three. We're gonna go through these quick and then we're about to take communion. Spiritual attack number three, write this down, is witchcraft attacks. This is very real. These are attacks where someone is doing rituals, they're casting spells, they're using voodoo or voodoo dolls, or targeting you in the spiritual realm. So right now, here's the reality, there's 2,700 of you, almost 2,800, plus like 70 of you on TikTok. Right now, there's witches watching, okay? That's not like, oh man, maybe there is. No, there's witches watching, and there's witches probably by the hundreds 
doing spells against me, casting spells on me. They come to my meetings. I've met them, okay? And they put spells, incantations, voodoo dolls. I'm sure there's a whole bunch of voodoo dolls out there that look like me. They wear a long black, a black, a long sleeve black t-shirt and they try to put voodoo on me. Now, am I responsible? And I don't want you to be paranoid. Am I responsible to know every person that's putting a curse on me? No, it's impossible to know everyone that is or has put a curse on you. You are not responsible to be constantly trying to break curses you don't even know about. If you start thinking this way, you're going to get paranoid. You're going to live in constant fear. So you need to understand that curses need a legal right. They cannot just land on you. The Bible says a curse cannot land without a cause. That's Proverbs 26. Remember, Balaam tried cursing God's people and could not curse them. Why could not Balaam not curse the people of God? Because he said, I cannot curse what God has not cursed. In other words, the blessing of God, the holiness of God, and the power of God prevented them from being cursed. So our protection, write this down, is not found in me denouncing curses every day. It's not found in me trying to find what coven of witches is after me. I do not care. I don't care. I don't spend my time looking for witches. I don't spend my time saying, oh, there's a coven of witches after me. I know some of you are all caught up in that. Get out of that, okay? Get out of that whole idea of like, there's witches always after me, there's a coven of witches. Okay, half of you, you're not, you're, you're not doing that much, okay? Don't think you're that tough where witches are after you. But number two, I can, I can care less if there's a thousand witches after me because my holiness, my righteousness, and the righteousness of Christ, my lifestyle of holiness and the righteousness of Christ is my divine protection against spells of witchcraft. I felt while I'm preaching, God will say, witches are putting witchcraft on you and I'll feel something squeezing the top of my head, but that's the curse trying to land on me. But how many know they have no legal right? I have the helmet of salvation on me that protects me from those curses in the mind, those curses of witchcraft. And so it doesn't matter how many witches how much voodoo, how many warlocks are trying to get on me while I preach. I preach right through them. I've had them sit front row in my meetings before, literally casting spells as I'm preaching because they have nowhere to land. I had a pastor tell me, oh man, there's going to be witches coming and they've been coming every week harassing us and they're putting spells and they're going to be doing spells while you preach. And guess what? I preached the best message ever because it didn't matter what witches were there, waving their hands, doing their spells. The blood of Jesus is more powerful than the blood of sacrificed animals. There is power in the blood of Jesus. There is power in Jesus' name. And do not be afraid of witchcraft curses. If you are a blood-bought son or daughter of God, you don't have to be afraid. Now, if you're not a believer, okay, I don't know what to tell you. You're on your own because you're not under the covenant power of the Holy Spirit. You're not under the governing jurisdiction of the Holy Spirit. So you do, you are vulnerable. It's a very real thing. I've dealt with many people in deliverance that have come under witchcraft and they literally came to God because they wanted to get free and they end up serving God after they get free. So if someone's constantly trying to curse you or do spells on you, one big thing is this. If you have a family member or friend trying to curse you or do spells on you or an old medium or an old astrologer you still look to and you still have items from them, get rid of every item, okay? Because the items can be a legal right for them to attack you. Also, if people are trying to astral project into your house at night and you're seeing images and and demons and people that you know that are witches or warlocks or you've and now you say some of you might say this will never happen to me you got to understand there's many people in the chat right now that have come out of witchcraft that have come out of sorcery so they have friends and family that are still practicing i deal with people literally every service i just as last weekend i dealt with several different people that had family in high level witchcraft and they've come out of it so what do you think is going to happen those family members are still going to try to put spells and curses on them for betraying them so i would say get rid of every item from them if people are trying to astral project into your house anoint your doorways 
Plead the blood of Jesus over your home and command every demon and familiar spirit to leave. Okay. Number four, spiritual attack is the devil will offer you shortcuts. Okay, the devil is always going to come and offer you shortcuts. This was the third temptation of Jesus. He offered him the kingdoms of this world. These were the spiritual kingdoms. Now, Jesus was about to go to the cross and to dethrone the devil and his power, and the devil tried to offer him a way to do it without the cross. So the devil is always going to offer you a cheaper way to get where God wants you to go. But there's no other way. But, but the way of the cross. There's no other way but laying down your life. Listen, if a pastor or preacher tells you there's another way to salvation, there's a shortcut where you don't have to die, you don't have to be crucified, you don't have to sacrifice, this is not the gospel, this is demonic, and you need to know the devil will try to offer you shortcuts. This is a spiritual attack he's been doing for years. You can do this, don't worry. I know you're not married, but you can still have sex. You don't have to be patient. You don't have to wait. It's a shortcut. If you want money, it's just a little bit of a lie. It's not a big deal. It's just manipulation. And instead of working hard for God to bless your finances, the devil will offer shortcuts. So know that when shortcuts are being offered to you, that is a spiritual attack. And guys, you might say, this isn't a spiritual attack. This is literally how the devil attacked Jesus. Like, I'm literally giving you Bible. This was the actual way Satan attacked the Son of God. Now, if you think what would be everything the devil can throw at me or somebody, this is, this is the way he did it. It was through shortcuts. It was through lying about identity. It was tempting the flesh. Okay, so number four, shortcuts. Number five, spiritual attack. Very, very important. Okay, we're almost done here. It's Friday night. Don't act like you have to get up early tomorrow. Number five is the attack of distractions. Write this down. The spiritual attack of distractions. Demons are assigned to distract you and divert you from your destiny and calling that God has. Distraction is the process of diverting the attention of an individual or a group from a desired area of focus. So you have a focus, I'm gonna focus on God, I'm gonna focus on deliverance, I'm gonna focus on the ministry, I'm gonna focus on revival, I'm gonna focus on prayer, I'm gonna focus on fasting, and the devil uses the attack of distraction. This is a coordinated attack to get you out of the will of God, to get you out of prayer, to get you out of worship. He knows where your power source is, and so he wants to distract you. Now, 1 Corinthians 7, 35 says, now I say this for your own welfare and profit, not to put restraint upon you, but to promote what is good in order to secure your undistracted and undivided devotion to the Lord. 1 Corinthians 7.35. So Paul is saying, listen, I'm not trying to put religion on you and bear you down, but I'm letting you know this so that you would have an undistracted devotion to the Lord. I'm not going to get distracted. I'm not going to let something get me off track. Think about this. Why would the enemy hook you on drugs when he can hook you on Netflix? Why would he get you to commit sexual sin when he knows spending eight hours a day on a cell phone is enough to keep you out of the will of God? So distraction right now is probably the most common spiritual attack. The attack of distraction. Is it spiritual? Absolutely. Have you, okay, let me prove to you it's spiritual because I know some of you are Pharisees, you don't believe me. Have you ever wondered why every time you read or pray, you get in your Bible, you start praying, you get distracted? Why is that every single time, but you could spend hours doing other things? I could literally spend five hours if I wanted to watching a show on Netflix and never get distracted, not even blink once, watch the whole season. But the moment I start praying, spiritually distracted the moment i start reading spiritually distracted this is an attack of the enemy so he'll oftentimes use let me tell you what he uses well i can't because it's filming on tiktok but he uses our cell phone 
He'll also use other people. This is not what anyone's going to tell you when they talk about spiritual attacks. This is very real, y'all. They'll use relationships. They'll use family members. He'll use a husband or a wife to distract you. I guarantee distraction is the number one spiritual attack that we're fighting right now in this generation. And he'll throw everything at us to derail us. But today, in Jesus' name, break out of the distractions. Some of you have been distracted for 10 to 20 years. And you go, how is it for 20 years? I've been distracted, not doing what God has called me to do. But tonight, God is breaking every attack of distraction. Here's why I'm saying this, because if you recognize distraction is a spiritual attack, you will be able to war against it. But if I don't think it's an attack, I'll just live my life. My wife said kids are the biggest distraction. Absolutely, he'll even use your kids. You'll live your life not understanding, wait a minute, this is spiritual. Every time I read, I'm distracted. Every time I pray, no, this is spiritual. The devil's using people to distract me. Okay, we're almost done. Very quick here. Number six, write this down because we're going to break this tonight and we're about to take communion here in about five Pentecostal minutes. So make sure you have your communion stuff ready. Is discouragement. This is a spiritual attack, discouragement. Many times when it comes, you don't even know why you feel this way. Type one, if you've ever been discouraged and you didn't know why, or you've wanted to give up, or you've wanted to quit and you had no idea why. It's the same thing that happened to Elijah. Jezebel speaks one word and Elijah, by the way, if you didn't know, Elijah never met Jezebel. He defeats thousands of prophets, false prophets, has his greatest moment, but now he's sitting under a tree, discouraged, wanting to die, asking God to take his life. Why? Because discouragement is a demonic spiritual attack. Why was Elijah discouraged? He had no reason to be discouraged outside of the power of Jezebel, the spiritual power of witchcraft, the fear, the spiritual climate changing that brought discouragement. Discouragement is a sense of wanting to give up. Here's what they define it as, a feeling of losing hope or losing confidence. Now, discouragement comes from two words, dis, which means to take something away, and courage, okay? So discouragement literally means when someone or something takes your courage away. So literally, it's to take your bravery, take your boldness, take your hope, and take your faith, take your willingness to engage in spiritual warfare. This is the power of discouragement, and the devil uses this power to make you ineffective in the will and the way of God. The enemy will use circumstances to discourage you. He'll use pastors letting you down to discourage you. He'll use family members not following through, relationships falling apart sickness in your body when all of a sudden out of nowhere you lose the confidence you once had you lose the passion you once had friend you need to let the enemy enemy know i am done letting you discourage me discourage me discouragement will not will not stop me the enemy will not win i am tired of being discouraged and we pray and we believe tonight that the power of discouragement is broken in the mighty name of jesus i break it off myself tonight listen i've battled this guys i have had spiritual attacks of discouragement where I'm literally sitting there discouraged for absolutely no reason, okay? And tonight, it's coming off in the mighty name of Jesus. I'll put all these in the description of the video right when I get done. I'll put all seven of these because I want to get in the last one here. The last, again, guys, I can go through 100 spiritual attacks. We'll do another time. But these are the main ones that I see that people don't talk about in the life of the believer. Number seven is sickness and disease, okay? Number seven is the attack of sickness and disease. In Luke 13, Jesus healed a woman who was bent over and could not straighten herself up. And when someone criticized him, Jesus responded with, ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, now watch what Jesus says, whom Satan bound for 18 years. 
18 years Satan bound her, be loose from the bond on the Sabbath day. So Jesus recognized the sickness was demonic. The disease came from a demon. In Acts 10.38, Peter describes Jesus as one who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. Notice the words here, healing all who were oppressed by the devil. In other words, the devil often oppresses people with illness, and this too is the way Satan works. So the devil could spiritually attack you with sickness and disease. Satan, what did he do to Job? Okay, if you're wondering where it's at in scripture, he put boils on Job. He attacked him with sickness. So I can tell you over and over again, I've dealt with demons of sickness, demons of infirmity. There right now could be a spiritual attack of sickness on you. We're gonna pray this off of you tonight. We're gonna pray against the spiritual attack of sickness. Um, Praise the Lord, we're about to break 3,000 viewers. We're about to take communion. So share this broadcast because I'm gonna say a quick prayer over you and then we're gonna go ahead and take communion and God is just, I'm telling you, gonna deliver and set people free. Now, some of you might have um, headaches, migraines or sickness for a short time and it'll come and go. Now, listen, if you're on TikTok, and you want to take communion with us, type one. If not, I'm going to go off of TikTok. But if you want to take communion and you're on TikTok, there's 81 of you. Go ahead and type one there. But oftentimes, the sickness will come suddenly and it will leave suddenly. And that could be an attack of sickness on you that you need to break. The enemy will use sickness as a spiritual attack. Okay, there's a bunch of people on TikTok that are going to take communion with us. Praise the Lord. Okay, we're on three platforms. We just broke 3,000 total viewers taking communion. But first, here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray against these spiritual attacks, okay? Now that the Lord is opening up our eyes, we're gonna pray against these, and then after we're done praying, we're gonna take our communion. I'm gonna talk to you a minute about it, lead you into communion, and it's gonna be a powerful time. I know many of you families are watching. Some of you, it's the first time you've ever taken communion with your family. It's a very, very exciting time of remembering what Christ did on the cross. So let me say this quick prayer over you, and then we're gonna take communion. Father, we ask you right now, Lord, we thank you, first of all, that you have exposed the plans and the strategies of the enemy to us tonight. You have exposed these spiritual attacks that are on us tonight, and tonight, you don't just want to expose the attacks, but you want to break the attacks. So right now, I speak this over you. I command every spiritual attack to stop and to end in Jesus' name. Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you, and we break every attack at night. We break every attack of discouragement. We break every attack of sickness right now. We break every attack of disease in Jesus' name. We break every attack of lust and temptation. We come against it now in Jesus' name. Satan, you are bound in the mighty name of Jesus. The Lord rebukes you, and we come against these attacks right now in the name of Jesus, and we say your plans are done. Every witchcraft attack, I command to be broken in the mighty name of Jesus. Witchcraft, you have no power, you have no authority. The Lord rebukes you. We come against right now the spirit of witchcraft and the power of witchcraft in the mighty name of Jesus. Witchcraft, you must go. Every spell of voodoo, every hex, every assignment, and every strategy that witchcraft has, we break it in the mighty name of Jesus. Witchcraft, you have no authority, you have no legal right. The Lord Himself rebukes you. And so, right now, listen, the, the power's broken. Some of you say, Well, I sold my soul. I met someone last weekend that told me they sold their soul to the devil. There's no such thing as selling your soul to the devil. I speak right now the blood of Jesus to redeem you, to renew you, and to restore you. And we say, in, we say Satan, come up and out in the mighty name of Jesus. Come up and out now in Jesus' name. Your plans are broken. We put on the full armor of God to withstand the enemy. We fill our lives with the word of God and the power of God, the power of the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Holy Spirit right now. 
In the mighty name of Jesus, we command witchcraft. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. If you like what you heard, go to www.isaiahsaldivar.com for more content. And please follow me on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Isaiah Saldivar. See you next week.